Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome to another week of Real Personal Finance. Thank you. Welcome to you as well. Thanks. Once again, another listener question. Thank you for the listener questions. Please keep them coming. This is how we get to help educate you all about all things finance. If there's any topic you'd like to have covered or any specific questions, please submit them. Today's question comes from Ryan and it simply goes, hello, I love the show. I think I've had a chance to listen to over a hundred episodes. Wow. Thank you. Have you all considered an episode on giving? I recently started using donor advised fund giving away some highly appreciated assets instead of cash. Are there any strategies that I can use to be generous? Anything out of the box? All right. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Good question. Man, 100 ups. I think this question is from several weeks back too. Yeah. So that's, that's, Ryan might be our number one fan. Mm. I wish we had some swag to send Ryan. Yeah, exactly. You'll just have to take our appreciation verbally. Um, But maybe we'll get swag one day. Maybe someday. that's Scott's job. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't know that we have anything necessarily super outside the box. What Ryan's already talking about, but we can expand upon what he's talking about and yes. how to maybe do it most effectively. Absolutely. Let's do that. Donor advice funds can be a wonderful way to give and to save the maximum amount of taxes in doing that giving and gift the charity the maximum amount of dollars to to use those dollars most effectively. Yeah. So it can be a real win-win. Now, people may not have even heard of a donor advice fund before, so I would just back up for a second and mm-hmm. think like, just giving to charity in general. A lot of people will give to charity over the years. A lot of people might give cash, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people might donate through a credit card to uh, to some charitable organization. Like I can think right now of you're driving and KPBS comes on and says, donate to our, mm-hmm. to our, you know, our local public radio station. They're always doing a drive. People probably use credit cards for that. And what Ryan's getting at here is a more effective way to give. Yes. And I think this is especially more important even in the last few years. And we'll get into the mechanics of a donor advised fund and how to use it and an example of why it's really effective. Yeah. It is especially most effective since 2018. And at least compared to 2017 and the several years prior to that. Yes. But in 2018, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act was passed. And what happened with that is you increased your standard deduction. A lot. By a lot. And when you go to file your taxes, you get something called a standard deduction. So what the IRS says is they say Scott or James or whoever, here's a list of things that you can add up. And it's things like, state and local taxes. It's things mm-hmm. like mortgage interest. It's things like charitable gifts. It's things like medical expenses in excess of certain amounts. Thresholds, yep. They say add all those things up. Mm-hmm. And if those amounts are over a certain amount, you get to deduct all of them. Right. If those amounts are under a certain threshold, you don't get to deduct any of them. In a way, really, you just get a standard deduction. Yeah. You just kind of get a de minimis amount that you can deduct on your tax return. Yep. And this year, that number is $25,900 if you are married finally jointly. Right. So just to be clear, so like you earn $100,000 this year, 
basically, if there's no, nothing else coming out, we're going to go, the government's going to say, okay, take 100000 minus 25900 to get mm-hmm. to your taxable income. Now, other right. things could be happening here. We're keeping it really simple. Right. But that's just saying that's my standard deduction. And the point that you're getting at is before the, the 2018 tax cuts, we could actually itemize a lot of other things. It, or it was easier to get over that threshold. That threshold that was 25,900 right. was actually, I think, about half that, if I remember correctly. It was a much lower mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was much lower, so you had a lot more people itemizing. And also with that tax cut, state and local taxes, you can no longer deduct more than $10,000. Yes, you're capped. So stay, say you live in a state like we do of California, mm-hmm. where it has a higher income tax bracket. You, between your property taxes and your state income taxes, can't deduct more than $10,000 on your tax return. Right. So it kind of creates this dilemma for for people who are used to being able to itemize their deductions. Now, all of a sudden, the limits are higher for the standard deduction, and you can't deduct some of your state and local taxes. So because of that, a lot of people were just, they started using the standard deduction, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Nope. It means their deduction is higher. Yep. But let's use an example to illustrate kind of a planning point where a donor advised fund might come in. Yeah. Let's say that this year I have $10,000 of state and local taxes. So yep. between property taxes, state income taxes, I can deduct 10000 of that. You probably had way more. That's, that's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> but, let's but assume your, I had 20000 But to your point, you're only allowed to deduct 10000 of the 20, what used to be 20000 Exactly. So say I had 20000 of yeah. state and local taxes. I can only deduct 10000 Yep. Then let's say I have $8,000 that I paid in mortgage interest. Mm-hmm. Then let's assume I had $7,500 of charitable giving that I gave away to charities that I would like to support. Yep. Well, those are all great things. But if I add all of those up, and just for simplicity, let's say those are my only itemized deductions, I'm looking at $25,500. Right. So I go to file my taxes and say I can either deduct $25,500 or I can take the standard deduction, which is twenty five thousand nine hundred, which is a little bit higher. So take, I'm just going to take, take the, the standard, standard deduction. Yeah. So it's great that the standard's there. It just creates this sense of okay, well, I'm not actually able to deduct any of my mortgage interest or charitable giving in a sense, depending mm-hmm. on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And that's where a donor advised fund can come into play. Yeah, because a donor advised fund. Let's say you know, in this example, let's say you're giving, maybe you're tithing to church maybe you're giving it away and you're giving seventy five hundred dollars a year away mm-hmm. well a donor advised fund could allow us to stack some donor advice some giving into one year and we can go ahead and give it away over the rest of our lives yep yeah exactly because what a donor advised fund is is it's an account think of it as like a giving fund so it's a separate account that you open up and it's administered by a different public charity and what happens is you can gift assets to that fund yep cash assets stock assets real property business interest a whole bunch of different stuff which we'll get to but Mm -hmm. you can donate stuff to that now when you donate something to the donor advised fund it's an irrevocable gift in the sense that you can't just pull that money back out right if i say i want to give this money to the donor advised fund and then say oh you know what i also want a new surfboard that money's coming from somewhere else it's not coming from that you can't use it for the surfboard can't use it for the surfboard and to that point you also can't use it to get any benefit when you're giving to a charity, right? So it's another important, you can't give it to the booster club for your old football, like your old alma mater to get season tickets. (laughs) Like it has to be a true charitable donation Mm -hmm. to whoever you're giving it to. Right, and once you make that, you still retain control over those funds 
but they have to be given to a qualified charity. Right. Not this year, but just over time. You can make those gifts in future years. So the benefit of that is now you retain control over those assets, and we'll look at an example in just a second. Mm -hmm. But anything you give to the donor advice fund, it's also an investment account in mm -hmm. many ways where you can invest those funds, and it's almost like your own mini private foundation where you can invest these assets. Yes. And if there's causes your family cares about, if it's tithing to a church, if it's one-off gifts that you want to make, as long as it's a qualified gift, all of your gifting can come from that donor advice fund. Yes. Pretty cool. Very cool. Let's look at an example of how this might work. Yeah. Do you want to go through the example or you want me to go through the example? Yeah, I can go through it. Did you already, sp we, we didn't talk about deduction benefits. Yeah, yet, let's do that because there are some constraints on this. Obviously, yeah. there's rules. Why don't you go through that so like, and then we'll you, go through You the might example. hear this and go, wow, I could give so much money to my donor advice fund to reduce my tax bill hearing that you can <laughs> itemize those deductions. Yeah, so the limits on deductions do exist and they exist at what's called adjusted gross income. And basically, that's just a fancy number for an amount of income on your tax return. The deduction limits are at 60% of your adjusted gross income for cash gifts and 30% for stock gifts. So let's go back to saying you're, let's just assume your adjusted gross income was $100,000. Yep. You could gift up to $60,000 to a donor advised fund in cash or up to $30,000 in stock. Exactly. And you could do more. You just can't deduct it that year. That gift could be carried forward, which is the nice thing, but you wouldn't get the deduction in the year that you gave it. Exactly. Cool. So those are the benefits is you can take the deduction of the gift up to those limits. You retain control of any assets inside of the donor advised fund, meaning you can control how they're invested, what those funds are doing. And then those funds can grow tax-free and you can give them in future years. Yes. So let's take a look at our example that we gave before. Yeah. Of before, we looked at an example that said you mm -hmm. have deductions at the state level for state taxes of 10000 mm -hmm. You have $8,000 mortgage interest, and you want to do $7,500 per year of charitable giving. Yes. So, and maybe you want to be doing that 7500 for, let's say, 10 years. Yes. Right? Lots of giving. Well, what if you'd bought Apple stock years ago, and it cost you five grand to buy the Apple stock? And mm -hmm. now it's worth 75 grand. Pretty nice return. Whoa. But there's going to be a big tax hit on that if I sell it. Totally. If you sold it, rough math, not perfect, you'd probably net about $50,000 after taxes. Yeah. If you're in a high tax state like California and the upper income brackets. Right. Obviously, it depends upon where you live. But right. yes. But if instead you went ahead and donated that stock... Well, then you'd get to donate the 75000 and you wouldn't have to pay the taxes on the sale, mm -hmm. right? So now, instead of just giving 7500 in one year, let's go ahead and stack 10 years of giving mm -hmm. all into one. So now we get our $10,000 SALT deduction. We still get the $8,000 of mortgage interest, and we get $75,000 for charitable giving. So in this year, our deductions are now $93,000. Yeah. And doing that just simply makes it so that we get to reduce our taxable income this year. We get to utilize that tax benefit of having that nice deduction. And we can now let that money go grow. And so the, just to be clear, what's going to happen is Apple stock's going to transfer to the donor advised fund. Mm -hmm. It's going to be in, I'm just going to say James. James has the ability to do this. He gets That's less than 30% of his AGI for the year. So mm -hmm. he's totally good to go. He gets to take it all this year. 
that Apple stock, when he transfers, it's going to go over to, you know, the Canole family fund Mm -hmm. and it's going to sit on your balance sheet now, but now it's going to probably get reinvested into mutual funds or something like that. It's the donor advised fund. It's you're in control of it. And now you can gift it whenever you want. Exactly. So if I wanted to keep doing $7,500 of charitable giving, assume taxes stay exactly as they are. If I just did that for the next 10 years without any strategy, I'm doing really good giving. I'm giving away the $75,000 total. Yep. I'm I'm just not going to deduct any of it because I'm using my standard deduction every year. Exactly. With this, the benefits are now I get one huge deduction that first year, which could save me several thousand dollars in taxes. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably actually gift more than $75,000 over the course of the next 10 years because that gift doesn't just sit there stagnant. That can continue to grow. Exactly. So I could be gifting $7,500 per year, but probably will have more than 10 years worth of giving if that gift is invested and grows. And so I win. I help. It helps me to lower my taxes potentially by a significant amount this year. And the charity wins because the charity ends up getting a lot more money in gifts because of the way that's all done. Exactly. So win-win all the way around. There are other options. So donor advised funds typically make sense the higher your income bracket is and if you're under those standard deduction limits Mm -hmm. is typically when it makes most sense. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll see this when people are in retirement because more often than people who aren't retired, people who are retired sometimes don't have mortgages and mortgage interest is one of the biggest components to your itemized deductions in most cases. So, you know, if you have... $10,000 of state and local taxes, even if you're gifting $15,000 per year to charity in retirement, you might not get to deduct any of that because you're still under that threshold. So this is maybe a good thing to use in retirement, especially if you're combining it with something like a Roth conversion. So in a one sense, you're manufacturing income by converting assets. Two really interesting tax strategies together at the same time. Exactly. Can you do Mm -hmm. one thing to increase income today through a Roth conversion while simultaneously decreasing income through donor advised fund? That's where I see a huge use case, but also just for anyone that has highly appreciated stock. And it's kind of like, oh, shoot, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. If I sell it, I don't, I, I end up with much less. Can I gift it and then even repurchase that stock with cash if I really want to, but now at a higher cost basis? Yeah. And for younger clients as well, I've definitely seen cases where maybe, it, you know, they already do get to itemize. So it's just a matter of, you know, maybe they have a highly appreciated stock and they are younger. So the chances of it, they may want to divest it or move out of it. Well, it's going to be a wonderful way to help you divest. Mm -hmm. If you have extra income where you can come and replace that, especially if you can go, you know, essentially come back and replace that income. Pardon me, that asset on your balance sheet. If you have cash flow, it's going to come in and replace it rather easily. And you could just choose between making a donation of cash or stock. Right. Well, then that's, you know, it's almost a really simple choice if you're really focused on giving in that moment. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's other options too. If you don't want to go set up a donor advised fund, another way of just, I guess, more effective giving is do you lump your charitable contributions? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, maybe every other year, instead of giving 7,500 per year, it's 15,000 every other year. Yep. So every other year, you're probably taking the deduction on your tax return because you're above that standard deduction threshold. Obviously, you're thinking through this with your giving intentions probably is the primary driver of this. And do you want to give to something when there's a need or when there's a cause you want to support versus then the tax strategy drive it all? But that's an option. You could also just give your highly appreciated stock directly to the charity if you chose. And sometimes that makes sense. Where that doesn't make sense is say you want to make a really significant gift that's way more than you would do in any one year. 
that's where donor advised fund makes more sense just because you still retain control of the asset and you can gift smaller amounts each year going forward. That's exactly the main benefit of donor advised funds, right? It's, It's that you get to maintain control. You get to kind of control the years at which you you get to have this tax benefit, but then you also get to control when you actually utilize the funds, yeah. which is just great. Exactly. And then the other thing I like about donor advised funds for families is you know around the holidays and things like that, it can be a time of giving with the family, having conversations about who we're going to give to and why, and you can kind of bring the kids into the conversation and help mm-hmm. them understand that you guys have this family advised fund and where do you want to give? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, a lot of families use it in a really cool way for that of teaching children or even grandchildren about giving when it's done with something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I think that is, there's more details, of course, but I think this is a good high level overview of donor advised funds and the benefits. But anything else you'd like to add? No, I mean, for Ryan's question, not really. I mean, it just seemed like he's a younger person. <laughs> just for whatever reason, Ryan makes me think younger than older. We didn't really touch on it, but one thing that if you are older and you want to be giving outside of uh, donor advised funds, especially if you don't hit the the standard deduction threshold. Mm-hmm. And if you don't really have highly appreciated stock, but you have those required minimum distributions, just yes. know there's a, something called a qualified charitable deduction that you could be doing as well, which is also tax favorable. Exactly. Exactly. Do you want to expand upon that or just a little teaser for future episode on? Teaser for future episode? All right. Great. (laughs) I think that works. Leave a little mysterious. Yeah, that's exactly right. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks for your question. And thank you, everyone, for the questions that you're submitting. And we will see you all next time. Yeah, keep them coming. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.